Hey, I'm Christopher Schiefling, and this is Auscultation, a podcast in search of a humanities-based practice of healthcare. Thank you so much for joining me. Today, we're listening to excerpts from Aurora Lay by Elizabeth Barrett Browning, a Victorian poet and activist for the poor who is most known today for her sonnet that begins, How do I love thee? Let me count the ways. Aurora Lay is a long poem that narrates the life story of the eponymous woman paving a career as a writer in a male-dominated society. This passage describes the hospital experience of Marianne, who serves as a lower-class foil for Aurora Lay. Marianne grew up in poverty with abusive and alcoholic parents. She runs away when her mother attempts to force her into prostitution. Fleeing from her family, she collapses on the road from fatigue and illness. A passing merchant brings her to a hospital, and our passage today begins with her waking up in the infirmary. Excerpts from Aurora Lay by Elizabeth Barrett Browning. She stirred. The place seemed new and strange as death. The white straight bed with others straight and white like graves dug side by side at measured lengths. And quiet people walking in and out with wonderful low voices and soft steps. An apparitional equal care for each astonished her with order, silence, law. And when a gentle hand held out a cup, she took it as you do a sacrament. I think it frets the saints in heaven to see how many desolate creatures on the earth have learnt the simple dues of fellowship and social comfort in a hospital, as Mary and Anne did. She lay there, stunned, half-tranced, and wished at intervals of growing sense she might be sicker yet, if sickness made the world so marvelous kind, the air so hushed, and all her wake time quiet as a sleep. She lay and seized in fever many weeks, but youth was strong and overcame the test. Revolted soul and flesh were reconciled and fetched back to the necessary day and daylight duties. She could creep about the long bare rooms and stare out drearily from any narrow window on the street till someone who had nursed her as a friend said coldly, as an enemy, she had leave to go next week, being well enough, while only her heart ached. Go next week, thought she, next week? How would it be with her next week, let out into that terrible street, alone among the pushing people, to go? Where? Some Thoughts on the Hospital Marianne's experience of the hospital is very different 
from that of Borges, narrator, in the last episode. Marianne is also quite sick. We hear she lay and seized in fever many weeks, and that she suffers from delirium as she lay there, stunned, half-tranced. However, in contrast to the horrors and indignities suffered by Borges' narrator, Barrett's hospital features quiet people, wonderful low voices, soft steps, a gentle hand, social comfort, air so hushed, and order, silence, law. This is the ideal hospital, and the image still resonates today. The line, the white straight bed with others straight and white, particularly captures this idealism. White, with its proclamation of cleanliness, remains the predominant color of hospitals. And despite the risk of prolonged immobility, beds are still the central feature. They convey a sense of rest, and hospitals are measured by the number of beds they have. The repetition of the words straight and white mirrors the repetition of beds, where the physical uniformity also translates into the treatment, where there is, quote, equal care for each. The hospital appears to be a bubble of social equality. Universal health care and health care as a right are only the latest buzzwords for this ideal. Similarly, the narrator makes an indirect connection between hospitals and heaven, saying, I think it frets the saints in heaven to see how many desolate creatures on the earth have learnt the simple dues of fellowship and social comfort in a hospital. Working at a safety net medical center, many of my patients have told me similar things. The hospital has been the place where they can sleep with both eyes closed, take a real shower, order the food that they want, and tell their stories. While healthcare is hardly free from bias, the ideal hospital is still a place where the socially neglected are cared for as fellow humans who are suffering. Another key feature of the hospital is the illusion of death. This begins with Marianne's first impressions, because, quote, the place seemed new and strange as death. Next, the beds are like graves dug side by side. Similarly, the ghostly connotations of the apparitional care add to the sense of a cemetery. However, as we learn more about the order, silence, and law of the hospital, it begins to seem less and less like a haunted graveyard and more and more like heaven. The nurses in white are no longer ghosts, but angels. It is very easy to imagine that Marianne may be thinking that she literally died and went to heaven. Some thoughts on the benefits of illness. As Marianne begins to recover, she wishes that she might be sicker yet if sickness made the world so marvelous kind, the air so hushed, and all her wake time quiet as a sleep. Unless we think this is only her delirium, Barrett clarifies that this desire occurs at intervals of growing sense. On the surface, it may seem strange 
to want to be ill, but there are many possible benefits of illness. In Marianne's case, her critical condition frees her from the desolate conditions of her abusive family and brings her to a place of security and kindness. Similarly, she receives the same care as all the other patients, which conveys a sense of equality absent in the rest of the classist Victorian England, despite its long tradition of democratic ideals. For Marianne, illness is a key to a just and humane society. Barrett herself was likely familiar with other benefits of illness. She was frequently sick, both as a child and as an adult. As a teenager, she suffered a spinal injury in a horsing accident. And then, in her early 20s, she developed a pulmonary condition that left her with a chronic cough and debility for the rest of her life. As the eldest daughter of an upper-class widower, she normally would have been occupied with the management of the house and domestic servants. However, her condition, which made it difficult for her to even leave her room, prevented her from doing these tasks. Instead, she was able to vote her time to her true calling, writing. In rather different ways, illness releases both Barrett and Marianne from the burdens of Victorian society. This episode is brought to you by Warm Blankets. What's a cheap, quick, easy, and sure way to make a patient feel better, no matter what ails them? Warm Blankets. Already at a hospital floor near you, Warm Blankets are just the right touch after your cold-handed exam or back-bearing spinal tap or drive-by rounds. When you're working in the hospital, you've got to know where to get those warm blankets. Some thoughts on discharging patients experiencing homelessness. At the end of this passage, Marianne is nearly healthy enough to leave the hospital. However, having fled from her abusive family, she knows no one to help and has nowhere to go. When she leaves the hospital, she will be homeless, or as Marianne puts it, let out into that terrible street alone among the pushing people. Unfortunately, discharging patients to the street is common at safety net hospitals across the U.S., and much of the healing achieved during admission will become undone by the numerous obstacles that those experiencing homelessness face. Asking someone with a foot ulcer to keep the wound clean and dry when the forecast is rain all week, increasing diuretics when access to public bathrooms is limited and a source of stigmatization, recommending a diabetic diet when food choice is often non-existent and the cheapest options are simple carbs. In Marianne's case, just as she is recovering from the harms of an abusive family, she is to be discharged with little hope of avoiding another abusive relationship. The people in the hospital seem to receive the narrator's blame as the person who had nursed her as a friend said coldly to her as an enemy.
she had leave to go next week. Similarly, while the image of pushing people most directly describes the interactions of those on the street, the hospital is also pushing her out. This misplaced criticism points out one of the largest gaps in healthcare in the U.S. The most expensive hospitals, newest medications, and most advanced procedures can do little for medical problems that stem from social ills. In these cases, social rather than medical interventions are needed. For example, the Housing First movement that focuses on providing housing for those experiencing homelessness without first requiring sobriety has growing evidence for its health benefits, including reduced hospitalizations. However, with little political will to prioritize such initiatives, the healthcare setting is often left to offer its stopgap measures. It is hard to discharge patients experiencing homelessness. Knowing that they are healthy enough to leave and that other people need the hospital beds makes little difference. Barrett seems to capture this difficulty in the roundabout way Marianne is told she is nearing discharge. Quote, she had leave to go next week, being well enough. First, by phrasing it as leave to go, it suggests that Marianne has some choice. But the word leave also hints at the underlying command that she needs to go. Next, they let her know well before she has to discharge, perhaps to give her time to emotionally prepare. I also warn patients experiencing homelessness a few days before they are medically ready to leave in hopes of reducing confrontations on the day of discharge. Finally, they finish with a positive spin. She's getting better. But just as in this passage, my efforts to focus on improving physical health usually fall flat in the face of the unchanged social ills. We all know that the hospital treatments are a band-aid and that without addressing the true cause of their illness, they will soon be back in the hospital. Fortunately for Marianne, before leaving the hospital, she meets Romney, a philanthropist who helps get her a job and housing. In this way, Barrett emphasizes the importance of social programs for true recovery. Excerpts from Aurora Lay by Elizabeth Barrett Browning She stirred. The place seemed new and strange as death. The white straight bed with others straight and white like graves dug side by side at measured lengths. And quiet people walking in and out with wonderful low voices and soft steps. An apparitional equal care for each astonished her with order, silence, law. And when a gentle hand held out a cup, she took it as you do a sacrament. I think it frets the saints in heaven to see how many desolate creatures on the earth have learnt the simple dues of fellowship and social comfort in a hospital, as Marion Ann did.
She lay there, stunned, half-tranced, and wished at intervals of growing sense she might be sicker yet. If sickness made the world so marvelous kind, the air so hushed, and all her wake time quiet as asleep. She lay and seized in fever many weeks, but youth was strong and overcame the test. Revolted soul and flesh were reconciled and fetched back to the necessary day and daylight duties. She could creep about the long bare rooms and stare out drearily from any narrow window on the street till someone who had nursed her as a friend said coldly, as an enemy, she had leave to go next week, being well enough, while only her heart ached. Go next week? thought she. Next week? How would it be with her next week, let out into that terrible street, alone among the pushing people, to go? Where? Aurora Lay by Elizabeth Barrett Browning was published in 1856 and is now part of public domain. You can find show notes for this episode at anauscultation.wordpress.com and you can send comments, suggestions, and questions to the Twitter handle at anauscultation or to the email anauscultation at gmail.com. Auscultation is produced and recorded on the ancestral home of the Ute, Cheyenne, and Arapaho peoples. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, follow, or share to help others find out about us too. Until next month, be kind and live the questions. <laughs>